How many of you know what it's like to have a friend or somebody tell you about this amazing thing that they're going to do? And then the more it unfolds, the more you just begin to think that's a really bad idea. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. And the more friends you have and the more out the box they think, the more crazy are going to be some of the ideas that, that you'll have to hear. And um, I've heard a pretty few uh, crazy ideas in my life plans. And I've, I've had adult friends also tell me about some of the really crazy things they're going to do. And I've actually had to watch people make terrible mistakes that have had consequences for years. Uh, and the Lord wants to keep us from those kind of mistakes. So people really do crazy things. Uh, it's, it's often guys. So this is from a website entitled, Why Women Live Longer Than Men. Um, here's some guys uh, fixing an aircon. Um, so that's a good one. Um, this, this one is... is you know, you wonder to yourself, is that actually posed, or do people really do stuff like that? Because that is just frightening. And then here's another Darwin Award. Uh, obviously missed the, the talk at school about um, how to put out electrical fires. So, um, yeah, we all do stupid things. I've done my fair share of stupid things as well. And um, the way to not do stupid things is to have what we call wisdom. <laughs> Um, and the Bible really begs us all to get wisdom. And that's what tonight's sermon is all about. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Because um, God wants us to live good lives. There's this reason for prayer. It should be 1 Timothy 2, if I'm not mistaken. We need to pray for people who are running the country so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life in all its abundance. So God really does want us to have happy lives. Sure, there are going to be challenges and things he calls us to do, but fundamentally, God wants us to enjoy a good life. And one of the ways we have a good life is by making wise decisions. So friends, let's get wisdom. And in Proverbs, wisdom is often personified as a, as a woman. And she is a woman that is calling out to us all and saying, come to me, I'm here for you, uh, embrace me, take hold of me. Let's read together from Proverbs chapter 4. Get wisdom, get understanding. Don't forget my words or swerve from them. Don't forsake wisdom. She will protect you. Love her. And she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Esteem her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the, the years of your life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. 
guard it well, for it is your life. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? You who are simple, verse 5, gain prudence. You who are foolish, gain understand. Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my, my lips to speak what is right. And you can read some more. It goes on and on and on. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. If we embrace wisdom, what we have in store for us are riches and honor, enduring wealth, prosperity. My fruit, says wisdom, is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I bestow, on, I bestow wealth on those who love me. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my way. So let's just focus on this idea of wisdom calling out to us, shouting aloud in the street, raising her voice in the public squares. It really is possible for all of us to be wise, to make smart choices, to live a good life, because wisdom is crying out to us and saying, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Wisdom is not a secret. It's not something hidden away that we have to struggle to, to discover. Wisdom is not a secret. It's right in front of you, Lady Wisdom, saying, here I am. I'm here for you. Embrace me. Welcome me into your life. This truth that wisdom is freely available and accessible to all of us is stated many times in the Bible. It's stated here in the book of Proverbs repeatedly. It's this whole theme. James 1 tells us, this is a New Testament letter written by James, the brother of Jesus, the bishop of the Jerusalem church. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, just ask God, who gives freely, generously to all without finding fault. He doesn't say, I saw you using that woodcutter on someone else's bottom. I'm not going to give you wisdom. No, without finding fault, even if we've messed up in the past. He says, I have wisdom for you. All the wisdom we could ever need. And there's no shortage of wisdom. There's an infinite supply of wisdom for us all, which is why the Bible mocks those that reject wisdom. Have you ever also had this conversation with someone where you say, ooh, I really don't think that's a good idea. If you do that and it works out badly for you, don't come and cry to me about it. Okay, I've had people say that to me as well. But wisdom, this lady wisdom, she, she offers herself to us. I'm here for you. She's also got a message for us that if we choose to reject what she's offering us, her, her message is don't come crying to me about it. Here it is, verse 24. Since you rejected me when I called 
And when I stretched out my hand, you ignored my advice. You wouldn't accept my rebuke. I, in turn, will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. That's what Lady Wisdom has to say. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, they will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord and accept my advice. This is not talking about those terrible things that go wrong in our lives that are out of our control. God's not saying to us, if that's happened to you, someone's let you down, sinned against you, and now you're in trouble. God's not saying, I'm, I'm laughing about that. But this thing of wisdom, if we choose to reject the wisdom of God that he's offering to us, and, and, we, and things go wrong for us, then we mustn't turn around and say, God, why did you allow this? Because it was us that chose to reject wisdom. The first point of my sermon tonight is value wisdom. Value wisdom. It's so important that we have wisdom in our lives. You know, sometimes people can ruin their lives in a split second. Many people land up in jail for something that happened or took two seconds, one second to do. That's all it takes. That little slip. God wants us to be smart, to make wise decisions, not to mess up our lives. And I know that's what you all want. So let's value wisdom. That's the message of this series, value wisdom. In these few verses of Proverbs 3, I, I identified 16 benefits that come to us from wisdom. I'll, I'll take you through them. Verse 14, for she is more profitable than silver, better returns than gold, more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Verse 16, long life is in her right hand, riches honor, her ways are pleasant, her paths are peace. She is a tree of life. If you lay hold of her, you will be blessed. Verse 23, you will live in safety, not stumble, not be afraid, sleep well at night. Verse 24, some of you need to hear that one. And have no fear of sudden disaster. God wants to impart wisdom into our lives so that we can have good lives. Lives where we don't cause ourselves trouble, bring terrible consequences on us through foolishness. Here's that list put in, in list form. The benefits of wisdom are amazing. So how do we get wisdom? How do we get wisdom? I've got a few ideas to share with you. The first source of wisdom I want to speak about tonight is God's Word. God's Word. The book of Proverbs, which was written by King Solomon or compiled by him, we're told in verse 1 of chapter 1, the reason these Proverbs have been put together and compiled in these scrolls, it's verse 2, for attaining wisdom, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, so that you can do what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple 
i.e. the simple-minded. Discretion to young people. Need some discretion? Look no further. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning gain guidance. Here in this form, these are the reasons why the book of Proverbs has been written. And the wisdom that we find in the book of Proverbs and in the book of Job and the book of Ecclesiastes, the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, this wisdom is not just so that you can look good in church or do say the right things in life group. It's wisdom to live a good life. That's what this wisdom's for. It's so that you can have good relationships with people, be successful in business, be a good at parent, good at marriage, getting on with your neighbors, socializing with friends, diet, legal problems, conflict resolution. All of these things are spoken about in the book of Proverbs. And we derive great, great wisdom from studying God's word. You know this verse, I'm sure, 2 Timothy it's how from infancy, in, infancy, Timothy gained the wisdom for salvation through God's word. Psalm 119, I, I used to enjoy this one. It says, I'm smarter than all my teachers. Verse 99, easy to remember. Psalm 119 verse, I mean, yeah. I have more insight than all my teachers. Why? For I meditate on your statutes. This is why it's so important to have a quiet time. So that our minds are, are, are renewed and we begin to approach problems the way God wants us to. So that we can get that wisdom from God into our minds and hearts. So, so we gain wisdom when we study God's word. It's how our minds are renewed. The second main way in which we gain wisdom is from people. We gain wisdom from other people. And the first people in life we gain wisdom from should be our parents. I just want to pause here and say I know this is a very painful area for many people because there's some of you here who have had a parent, possibly even both parents, abandon you. Or your parents have been a very bad example to you. And you've had to stand back and watch your parents parent make terrible mistakes that have had repercussions for you. Perhaps some of you even feel that in your relationship with your parents, you're the parent. I once saw an interview with a 20-year-old woman who lived in the UK, and she was being, I've mentioned this before in, in church, in, in sermons, because it made such an impression on me. And she didn't have a father, never had known her father. And, and she was asked, like, how do you feel about not having a father? And her reply was, what do I need a father for? What could having a father possibly do for me? And I was completely shocked at her confidence, at her complete belief that having a father would have done nothing for her. 
And it just struck me that what you don't have, you can't miss in some respects. And I know there are many reasons why some of us don't have fathers. My father died when I was in my early 20s. There can be the death of a parent. Some people have a parent in jail. Sometimes you may have been adopted and you, your parent is a single parent. But God's ideal was that we would all grow up in a home with a mother and a father who would be imparting wisdom to us. We know from the fifth commandment that honoring our mother and father is, is so important. They almost represent God at a young age to us. The role of parents is, is referred to here in Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents, honor them. Why? Verse 3, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Why does somebody who honor their parents get to live a long life? Your parents are telling you how not to ruin yourself. Well, they should be. Honor your parents. Listen to your parents. Allow them to pour the wisdom that they have into your life. Don't think you're smarter than your parents. I'll come to that in a moment. A lot of Proverbs has this at its heart. My son, keep your father's commandments. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. There's a role for father. There's a role for mother. And they do something slightly differently. And that should be a great blessing in our lives. How many of you, when you're about to do something very unwise, there's a little voice in the back of your head, it's your mom, and she's telling you what to do right there, even if it's just to take a jersey when you leave the house, or to remember your helmet when you go cycling. And there can be people who you are a mother to and a father to who, who maybe aren't your biological children. If you don't have a father figure in your life, you need to find that people that can fulfill that role for you. If you don't have children of your own, you can still care for people, protect them, impart wisdom, love them, care for them. And we have people in our church that do that in a huge way. I've had the privilege of being a father to, to people in this church that haven't got fathers. And it's a very meaningful relationship. And you have some profound conversations about things. This is what it should be like in the church. And this is what a home should be like, where the parents are the example. These commands that I give you are to be upon your hearts as the parents, as you impress them on your children. And you talk about them as you do life, as you walk. And you live in a, in a faith-filled home. You can't walk in through the doorway without being reminded of your faith. They're also mature adults, I'm moving on from parents, who can, who can give us wisdom in this life. People who aren't your parents, but they're mature adults. 
We're told that the older women are to train the younger women how to love their husbands and children. And boy, is that needed today. What about older people, old people? Where does an old person start these days? Okay, don't, don't answer that. I might not like the answer. 28. Okay. <coughs> There's a lot of wisdom to be gained from older people. And you know what it is about older people? They tend only to offer that wisdom when you ask for it. Young people love to tell each other what they should be doing. Older people. The Bible teaches us that we should honor older people. Leviticus 19.32, you shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged. Yeah. Have you seen my gray hair? Wisdom is with the aged and understanding in length of days. Friends, if you need deep counsel about shall I marry this one, do this, take that drug, go out with this one, find someone who's been down that road before. Because maturity tends to be linked to chronology. Not always mine, is the guy in Psalm 119. Proverbs 20, the glory of young men is their strength. Well done, guys, for being so strong, so ripped, so awesome. <laughs> but the honor of old men is their gray hair. Old men might not be as ripped as you are, can't do the park run in under 19 minutes, but we have something else to offer. Proverbs 23, listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she's old. Don't think I'm so cool here with all my tech and know everything. No. We need older people in our lives to give us wisdom, to impart that wisdom. Fourthly, they're also leaders that God has placed in our lives to give us wisdom. Leaders that should be able to say to you, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. We learn wisdom, the outworking of faith from people. Hebrews 13 says, remember your leaders, those that speak the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. When you hear a person preaching, you need to ask yourself, how has it worked out for them? Because that's the, the proof in the pudding. And learn from them. Friends, we love to gain wisdom from friends. And that's good to talk to friends. Plans fail from lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Have you got these kind of friends? Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Have you ever had to say something really tough and hard to a friend? I had. It's not pleasant to wound a friend. 
He probably didn't speak to me for six months. Some relationships have never recovered. The wounds from a friend can be so... Sometimes we've got to be able to say hard things to each other that have to be said. That's what friends do. I love this one. It's why I justify the spirituality of the bride. Perfume and incense, incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. Why is it so awesome to, to hang out with your friends? It's so pleasant because of all that good advice they give you. I hope you've got friends like that. The, the pleasantness of their earnest counsel. Lovely. Another thing that we learn from the book of Proverbs is that wisdom comes from the Lord. Wisdom, we get it from the Word. We get it from other people, particularly our parents, older people, leaders, our friends. But wisdom comes from the Lord. You know, you can be really clever and stupid at the same time. Wisdom and intelligence are two very different things. You can have multiple degrees and be really stupid in God's eyes. You can be the fool of the book of Proverbs. Alternatively, you can be a simple person and really have godly wisdom in your life. Wisdom comes from the Lord. That's what we learn from the, the book of James. It's, the, the, there's wisdom that comes from the devil. And verse 15, okay, verse, oh, change pages now, that will help. The wisdom that comes from heaven is pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and, sinc and sincere. There is a wisdom that comes from God, that comes through the Spirit. It's also one of the spiritual gifts, manifestations, 1 Corinthians 12. Is it not the gift of wisdom, which is different to the gift of knowledge? Wisdom comes from God. It is a, a spiritual thing that we have to ask for. Remember when, when King Solomon had this amazing dream? I'd love to know what you would ask God for if if God appeared to you and said, ask whatever you want, and I will give it to you. Who would ask for money? Okay, don't. Who would ask for awesome looks? Be interesting. A boyfriend? Is that who you ask? Solomon said, Lord, you've given me a tough job to do. Please will you give me wisdom? discernment and God was, was was very pleased his prayer give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and God's like boom because you asked for wisdom Solomon I'm going to give you everything you could possibly want all the money in the world 
it's your soul. But you know that that story doesn't have a happy ending. He got taken in by the wrong kind of woman. Impure. And finally, the Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This is where it all starts. If God isn't at the center of our lives, if the framework in which we operate, our worldview, if it doesn't have God smack bang in the center as the purpose, we're not going to have any wisdom. The fear of the Lord, fearing God, respecting God, the desire to want to honor God, that's the foundation and everything else builds on that. Some of you are thinking, but I thought we're not meant to fear God. We're, we're New Testament Christians. So I just threw this verse in for you. It's Jesus in the Gospels, Luke 12. I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after your body's been killed has authority to throw you into hell. I tell you, fear him. Even in the New Testament, we're told to fear God. It's not being scared of him, but it's, it's having an awesome reverence that can be missing from many Christians' lives. Fearing God, it's the beginning of wisdom. It is the, the foundation. In conclusion, and I'm done, do you want to live a good life? Do you want to make the most of the life that God has given you here on earth? We need wisdom to do that. And she is out there calling your name, saying, listen to me, embrace me, get wisdom, get understanding, don't forget my words, and she will protect you, love her, and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom, though it costs all you have, get understanding, esteem her, and she will exalt you, embrace her, and she will honor you. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, that you love to give wisdom to those that ask. And we tonight want to respond to wisdom's call. Lord, we pray tonight, as King Solomon did many centuries ago, will you please give us wisdom to make the most of our lives, to live well, to as far as it is within your plan for us, to be successful and prosperous. Lord, we want to have the abundant life that you offer. We want to live well. Lord, give to us wisdom. Help us to gain understanding. And help us to fear you, Lord. Lord, where we've got some crazy ideas about stuff we want to do right now, where it's not of you, 
just make that clear to us. Keep us, Lord, from making those mistakes that have profound consequences. Help all of us to be wise and temperate, peace-loving, calm, gentle, to have serenity. Help us to love your word, Lord. Open our eyes that we might see wonderful things in your word. And bring us into relationships with those people that are truly going to father us. I thank you, Lord, for all the people in my life that have taken me under their wing, that have been kind to me, that have encouraged me, that have given me stuff and, and helped me on my way. Thank you for the privilege we have of serving others, often younger people, sometimes the fatherless, the motherless. Lord, bring us into those wonderful relationships that bring joy, that even Paul could write about Timothy, and I've forgotten the, the exact phrase, but Paul yeah, said, you're my joy, Timothy, and, and knowing you and mentoring you is just so awesome. Lord, help us to have these godly relationships that become channels of blessing both ways. And everybody prayed this in Jesus' name. Amen.